0: Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Cynthia Hyatt is a Christian psychotherapist specializing in trauma therapy, couples, relationships, and personal development. She is passionate about your life and is here to encourage, teach, and inspire you to be your own best version. Find her online at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's dot com. Now, with today's fresh insights, Cynthia Hyatt.
1: Well, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host. And I hope that you are having a great day. If you're not, then I'm glad you're listening because we are really working on this virtue and character quality of gratefulness. And we talked so much yesterday about why this is so important to be grateful, how this helps us, and a lot of psychological research that has been done a lot of longitudinal studies that have been done on the power of thankfulness and gratefulness. And one of the most powerful things that many of these studies have done is really encourage people to make a gratefulness journal or a gratitude list, what you're thankful for. And what why this helps is if you Don't remember, or you're feeling really down, like everything just sucks. It just is not working. If you go to your list, if you start looking back over your life, you begin to see where God is. And when you look for Him, you're going to see Him. And if you have those stories, those lists, you can see, wow, He really is present in a very difficult world. And we have a tendency to get ourselves upside down. And we think and assume that things should be good if we're Christians, instead of recognizing that the, the, the pieces of goodness we get, the sunshine that we get in our lives, is really a gift. Because the world is taken over by Satan. This is a tough world down here. And until Jesus comes back and takes it over, this is ruled by Satan. The little glimpses and pieces of God we get have to do with the fact that He still loves us and He's still committed to His creation. Even if we are not feeling it, we need to look for it. We need to look for it. Where is God doing something? Is it simply the fact that I have a car to drive somewhere in? Air conditioning if I live in Phoenix, Arizona? Is it the fact that, you know, Wow, maybe I went to church and someone smiled at me yesterday. Maybe when I was driving, someone just kind of let me in and they shouldn't have, or I made a, a blunder driving and they didn't honk their horn at me. What are the little things? What are the big things I can be grateful for? So we want to talk today about challenges to gratitude because gratitude doesn't mean it's easy. It's practicing gratitude is kind of against the odds, it's, it's against and it's at odds with just our hardwiring and the fallenness of our, our psyche, our body, our spirit, our soul, that we're kind of deeply ingrained to be negative. And when we've talked about, you know, how they have studied the neuros, many neuroscientists and, and the recent research about the brain, we have come to find out that it is pretty much hardwired for negativity. And so I like what what Greg Sargent says. He he says, one of the things is the self-serving bias. That means that when good things happen to us, we have a tendency to say, because we did something good. But when bad things happen, we have a tendency to blame other people or circumstances, right? Now, gratitude really goes against the self-serving bias because when we're grateful, we give credit. To other people for our success. We accomplished some of it ourselves. Ob- absolutely, we showed up, right? But we widen our range of attribution. When we so- say, well, my parents gave me this opportunity, or I had teachers, I had mentors, I had siblings, I had peers. Other people assisted me along the way. That's very different from a self-serving bias. See, gratitude is able to say, I'm grateful that God gave me the energy to do this endeavor. And I'm grateful for the many people along the way that were a part of that process and actually made it happen. So gratitude always goes against our need to feel in control of our environment. And sometimes with gratitude, you just have to accept life as it is. Be grateful for what you have. You know, I've had days like that where every single thing seemed to be going wrong. And I had to find gratitude and just simply be grateful to, for the fact that I'm still breathing, I'm still moving, I'm still going, and I still have the ability to tolerate and work through and move past all the impediments that continue to happen. Some may be of my own fault, some of others. So sometimes gratitude really helps you to just accept life on life's terms and stop taking it so personally and just say, God, you know, I'm just grateful that I was born because I have to be born to become a human and I have to be a human to get to heaven. And so maybe I'm just grateful today that I'm born because I will be with you one day. And and gratitude really contradicts the quote-unquote just world hypothesis. And this, uh, this means and says that we get what we deserve in life. So good things happen to good people, bad things happen to bad people. It's not a just world. It's not. And how many times have we talked on this show about the fallacy of fairness? See, if it were really about fairness, God would not have gone forward with this whole idea of his creation. Fairness is, is a virtue. We want to be as fair as possible. And I thank you that God is fair with me often. But this is not fair. And it's not a fair world. And so bad things happen to good things. Good people. And good people get really bad things. So you want to really think about gratitude comes with the realization that we get more than we deserve. And I'll never forget the comment that, uh, that a man um, gave. He says, it's a good thing we don't get we, what we deserve. I tell clients this every day. It's a good thing I don't get what I deserve. And I'm grateful that I get far more than what I, I ever deserved. And this goes against our contemporary culture that really wants to, to dumb things down to fairness. And really, that is a more immature way of looking at the world. The world is far more complicated than fairness. Justice, yes. We really want to strive for justice, but fairness, we can't really fight over fairness. There's too many variables. There's too many gray areas. So when, when you get caught up in fairness, you're going to have a really hard time being grateful for anything. So when we're cultivating gratitude, This is why it's difficult. Some of it's the challenges to be grateful can be very difficult. And the challenges that we have to try to overcome make it hard to be grateful. So how do we go go beyond this? How do we just become a grateful person in spite of really bad things? In spite of really horrible things that are going on? And, And one of the things that you may want to study if you're having a hard time with this whole idea of, I can't be grateful, my life is so painful and so hard. I get a lot of hope when I read um, many of the stories of survivors from um, World War II in Germany. And um, surviving that the the whole 1930s, that they survived that World War and how they lived through the concentration camps. And every single one that lived through it was grateful. And one of the ways they got through it was being grateful. So I want you to think about, wow, if they can be grateful, what did they have? They had nothing. They had nakedness. They had no food. They were beaten up. They were shamed on a constant basis. They were cold. They had nothing to sleep on. They were beaten up. The women were raped. The children were molested. They were degraded beyond unbelievable lengths of degradation. But they were grateful. So it helps me sometimes to find places that give me perspective on my own life and not to shame me and say, well, Cynthia, get over yourself. I mean, pain is pain, right? Pain is pain. So I take my pain seriously, but it helps me sometimes to get a context. And it helps me to get a greater awareness. So when we're thinking about this, and we're thinking about put t- putting together a gratitude journal. I want you just to list five things that you're grateful for every week. You don't even have to do it every day. Or as you're going through your day, have just a little notepad that says, you know what? That was nice. That person was kind to me. They opened a door for me. Because what that does is gives a wash of endorphins throughout your brain, which calms down your body, which causes you to change your perspective all of a sudden you're not operating out of the fight flight or freeze which means everything is bad and dangerous you're operating out of a higher part of you and it helps us to see things we might have have just ignored and it helps guard against taking things for granted instead we see the gifts in life as new and exciting And I do believe that people who live a life of pervasive thankfulness really do experience life differently than people who cheat themselves out of life by not feeling grateful. See, if I'm not grateful, life is really hard. The days go on forever. Everything hurts. So there's another gratitude exercise that's helpful to practice counting blessings on a regular basis. And maybe you do it in the first thing in the morning, maybe you do it at the evening, but you just say, the beginning of the day, the end of the day, the middle of the day, what am I grateful for right now? You don't have to write them down, but I think it's helpful many times because when you write something down, it makes it very real. And use concrete reminders to practice this, this amount of gratitude, this regular exercise of gratitude. And it's very helpful when working with children because they're not abstract thinkers like adults are. For instance, you know, a, a woman in Vancouver, her whose family developed this practice of putting money, to, money in a gratitude jar. At the end of the day, they'd empty their pockets, put spare change in the jars, and they had this regular reminder. It's a routine to get them to focus on gratitude. And when the money jar became full, they gave it to a needy person or a good cause within their community. And these kids got so excited about putting money in the jar and who they were going to give the money to. And it was such a great fundamental life skill to integrate. Because when we show gratitude, it impels other people to pay it forward, to give others some gratitude, to give others grace or understanding. And it also helps us think outside the box when it comes to gratitude. See, Mother Teresa talked a lot about how grateful she was to the people she was helping. And this was the sick and dying in the slums of Calcutta. She was grateful and thankful to them because they enabled her to grow and deepen her spirituality. I mean, that's a very different way of thinking about gratitude. Gratitude for what we can give as opposed to what we're receiving. But it's a very powerful way to cultivate a sense of of gratitude. To be thankful for hardships. And that doesn't mean I like them. I enjoy them. I want more of them. I don't ask God for more hardship. But I do practice saying, what is supposed to come from this? And I want to be a better person because of it. I don't want to become a lesser person because of it. I don't want it to turn me into somebody I'm not. I don't want it to steal my authenticity from me. So, cultivating this sense of gratitude and, the, and, and those two words, thank you, thank you. How often do you say thank you to God? Thank you to your spouse. Thank you to the person that, that bagged your groceries. Thank you to the client that gave you the deal. Thank you to the client that didn't give you the deal but gave you time. Thank you to your kids. For trying. Who do you regularly say thank you to? Who could you say thank you to more? And who are others that need your thank you? So I like this writer. Her name is Kimberly Montgomery. She's a blogger. And she really did this great article about the power of thank you. And we've been talking a lot about this power of thank you. You know, please and thank you. I mean, these are courteous things, but think about two two words can often mean so much. And there's a pastor that spoke yesterday at our church that my husband and I were with my mother. And he really talked about the power of two words. Thank you. Or how about I'm pregnant or I'm out or I'm in. Right? I'm lost. I'm found. Think how powerful two words can be. And thank you. Two words, why are they so hard to say? They take, they don't take any time at all. And it usually is one of the first lessons we learn as children, why have we forsaken that? So we want to come back to this semblance of civility. We want to be those adults that are self-contained, that have class, that act as if they have good breeding, that we act as highly evolved people. And I want you to understand that thank you can have a dramatic impact on how you relate to others. See, let's think about practicing uh, gratitude in the workplace. And so there's some researchers, um, Adam M. Grant and Francesco Gino, I like what they said. They really studied the impact of a sincere thank you in the workplace. And their findings show that 50% increase in the amount of additional help being offered as a result of appreciation. I mean, that's huge. A 50% increase in the amount of additional help. That's amazing. And and there's a related experiment by some of the same researchers. The director of an organization personally thanked half the staff for their contribution to the company. You want to know the result? 50% increase in sales calls the following week from the half who had been shown gratitude. All he did, the director of the organization, all he did was say thank you for contributing. And he had a 50% increase in sales calls. So do you want a, a more eager team? You want your, how about the team, your kids, your family thank them more often why does this seem like rocket science to us it's obvious so how about this happy wife, happy life, right we've talked repeatedly about men that they live for the points say thank you notice what your wife does notice what your husband does they, they, they did a, a study, a survey from the University of Georgia on marital happiness, and this is what they found. Feeling appreciated and believing that your spouse values you directly influences how you feel about your marriage, how committed you are to it, and your belief that it will last. Now, I'm not sure about you, but if I were married, I'd certainly expect my spouse to appreciate me right? I want my husband to appreciate me. He wants to be appreciated as well. It's a kind of baseline expectation that we all need that. We expect it. We expect to be appreciated for what we do. And it hurts when we're not. So how many marriages can you think of where appreciation and respect is non-existent? Do you have friends in your life that are married that you can tell they don't appreciate each other at all? They don't. They're not grateful for one another. They don't say thank you. They're not polite. I mean, it's quite sad. So here's what I want you to think about. This powerful tool of thank you. Flaunt it. You've got it. Flaunt it. It has the ability to motivate, to create really goodwill, to make peace, to solidify love and commitment. Those two words maybe are more powerful than I love you. I'm not sure. We'll have to think about that. Because thank you can be said to strangers. Thank you can be said to anybody. And the power of those two words, so simple but so potent. And it's free. It's easy. It feels good. See, lots of things happen when we sincerely thank someone. First, the obvious. You feel good about yourself for having the manners and being polite. But it goes much deeper than that for both of you. So let's look at this. The thanker. This produces positive emotional state. It increases a sense of well-being. It triggers those, quote-unquote, feel-good hormones. And it reinforces a virtuous cycle in your brain. Now, what does that mean? What it means is it creates a neural net. Your brain begins to memorize it. So like the GPS in your car, your brain learns to say thank you automatically. It's a program. The more you practice it, the more efficient your brain becomes at it, the more it prompts you to say it, the more heartfelt it becomes, and the better your entire internal world is. So how about the thanky? they feel higher levels of self worth, it triggers a greater desire to help the thanker. The more I thank people, the more they want to help me. Now, obviously, they know if it's sincere. So what else does it do for the person that receives this thank you? Well, it triggers helpful behaviors toward others, they have a tendency to pass it on, it becomes quite contagious. How wonderful is that? They feel more socially valued. That means the social network rises to a higher level of interacting and functioning. The more grateful we are, the more thankful we are, the more polite we are, the more valued people feel. The more people feel valued, the better their behavior. So this is what I want us to do. This particular author came up with a term called thank bombing. And the benefits of throwing around thank yous are enormous. I mean, we have so many opportunities every day. How many people can you think of that you can thank that you may have overlooked in the past? Who can you think of that you can thank again with passion? Who will always remember you for thanking them and who are you going to remember to thank in the future so she wants to make thank bombing a trend i like that idea so we'll all just start thanking everybody whoever does a good deed helps us in any way who we see helping someone else whatever we want to get that going the better people feel the better they act Their self-esteem's rise. Their mood elevates. See, this is really important because this is the nature of God. This is one of the best ways to help people experience God and to be more open to hearing about Him as the source of goodness, as the source of thankfulness, as the source of kindness sincerity, politeness. I mean, God is a very polite God. It's amazing. He's quite courteous. This is one of the things that we want to practice when we are reflecting God to the world. When we are wanting to really introduce God to the world, we can do that through being grateful, for being kind, for being polite, because then we will better able overlook offenses from the world and our relationships will be stronger they'll be knit more tightly together and more secure and we will get a better version of those people that we love so join me tomorrow we're going to continue talking about this and we're going to talk about battling the envy the battling the unbelief of envy and what envy and jealousy does to your heart And does to the ability for you to be grateful.
0: To hear today's program again or to share it with someone else, please go online, CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Conversations with Cynthia is heard daily at 3 p.m. and 12 noon every Sunday on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. Follow Cynthia on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn at Cynthia Hyatt. Until next time, remember, be your own best version.